Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Let's explore it, baby. It feels like it's been a minute since we've done a mini episode. Yeah. And I do want to say thank you to all the listeners who reached out with all of your very kind, sweet messages and allowing us the grace to take a break. I've just been having a lot of issues with my health lately, and I need to see a doctor. Not COVID. Not Not COVID. COVID. I feel like that's like a thing you have to say now, because my mom, when I told her you weren't feeling well and that I was going over here tonight, she was like, well, wear a mask. And I'm like, no, it's not not like that. No, it's like other stuff. (laughs) Yes, I've gotten a handful of text messages as well, um, which I greatly appreciate people reaching out, but it's it's not COVID. Um, But I do need to see a doctor, but I still struggle under this like very Midwestern mentality of like, unless I think I'm actively dying, I like don't want to go to the doctor. Like I just never, ever want to go. But it is to the point now where I'm like, I can't continue to live my life this way. No, you can't. And I, I mean, we talk about having to have a lot of like time for self-care on this show and I think that it only makes sense for us to practice what we preach like literally we got like seven minutes into recording the anniversary episode I want to still keep that seven minutes in we're just going to pick up where we left off tonight Um, but I could like see in your face that you weren't doing well and I'm like this is an obvious sign to me that we like, need to stop. No, I'm fine. I'm like sweating. But I'm I like, get, I'm fine. But we I get, get that it. way too because I have this thing where it's not so much about me wanting to work through feeling sick because that I'm like, I want to go home, whatever. Like if I really feel like I need to. But when it's involving somebody else and especially when it's something that I really enjoy doing like this show, I wouldn't want to let you down where I feel like if I have to cancel or postpone, even though I know I wouldn't be letting you down, I think there's that, that feeling within us that it's like no I've got to like fight through this and do it because then I'm not letting the other person down and I'm showing myself that I can like push through whatever I'm right. feeling I or mean, whatever. I mean it's also like when you have what you feel like are responsibilities like to our yes. listeners and everything and so that's why I am so appreciative that everyone was very very kind uh, about that little break because it wasn't planned and trust me I don't like doing it. I hate you know nothing more uh, but then, you know what? Like, as is life, you yeah, know, yeah. It's, sometimes life is going to come at you and a podcast is going to have to be on hold for a week. Just a week, though, and we're back. Just we're a back, week and we're back, baby, baby. All, All right. right. Uh, <laughs> what should we start with this week? 
So for me, you know, what's gotten me through like the first month of this year has been reading. I've been reading a ton, just like absorbing, absorbing, absorbing books. It's been wonderful. And I found, I don't know if it's just like this collective sense of needing to dissociate that everyone is doing, but I'm finding that that's been the case for a lot of people. Like a lot of people are posting about how much they've been reading lately. And we've talked on this show, uh, about some of the things that have been going on in schools. And something that has really picked up steam over the last few months is this continual theme of book banning Mm -hmm. uh, in schools across the United States. I just want to start off by saying, like, did we not all read The Book Thief when it came out? Like, I feel like (laughs) there's so much... I have not read The Book Thief. I know, it's on my list. It's on my list. I think I only read, like, half of it when I was younger and I never finished it. But I know what the story is and I know about the history of banning books and I feel like that's something that is, like something that is discussed often in American culture, especially because we have this like free speech thing where it's like, what are you going to burn the books now? And all this kind of stuff where now is actually happening, happening. And it seems very hypocritical. To me. Right. I mean, it's something that's been happening for centuries. There's actually a book that I want to read about um, banning books. And I think it's called the burning of the books or something like that. And okay. it's a nonfiction book about like the like deliberate destruction of information. Mm. And um, that's just something that's occurred for a very long time. But I feel like not quite as out in the open and on this scale as yeah, maybe that's it. It has been in the last like couple of months. I mean, like not that it's never been like this before, but like it just feels weird. It's like 2022. Right. Within our like generation and all of that. Yeah, it is very. Yeah. Yeah. Jarring. And I read this really great article that I'll link in the show notes um, from lithub.com. And the writer puts it this way. Uh, he said, America is in the middle of a neo-puritanical book banning frenzy. And I'm like, that is so true because it really is this like hyper puritanical worldview. You know, these yeah. these people, because most of the books that are on the on these lists are um or they have themes of like LGBTQ characters Uh or like racial themes in general. And a lot of times they'll say like, well, it's explicitly sexual, even though it's not more sexual than any other book. It just happens to do deal with like gender and sexual identity issues. Mm -hmm. So Texas state representative Matt Krause recently put more than 800 books on a watch list, many of them dealing with race and LGBTQIA plus issues. Then an Oklahoma state senator filed a bill to ban books that address, quote, sexual perversion, among other things like from what? school libraries. Right. Like fucking what? And when you look at these lists, it's very clear that it's not anything that's necessarily sexually perverse no all of the things so you posted something on your personal instagram yesterday i think to your story the day before where there was like a barnes noble photo of all the banned books of 2021 or whatever and some of that was the giving tree on there no it wasn't the giving tree but it was another it's like where the sidewalk ends and like yeah it was like a shell silverstein one and then there was the outsiders which i was trying to figure out why the outsiders would be like gang violence, but that, I don't know. But it's not even, like, I read The Outsiders I and loved love it. That book. Yeah. So yeah. good. Oh my gosh. Anthony's reading it right now, actually. <gasps> For the first time. For the first time. Oh my gosh. I, oh, so good. I know. I love The Outsiders. I love the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, amazing. I saw the movie way, I read the book like as a very young adult and I watched the movie like maybe two years ago for the first time. Oh, mm, just 
brilliant so Chef's many kiss. people in that movie all good looking oh. all great to look at not gonna lie Beautiful. <laughs> truly like the dreams i had as like a 17 year old after having watched the outsiders for the first time but yeah i mean like that book there's nothing in that book it deals with themes of like classism and poverty and yes there is Maybe. gang violence but it, it it's not explicit or right. like highly that one, graphic or that one was more of like a question mark for me same thing with the shell silverstein ones but then there are some other books that i think deal more obviously with race but they were still books that i remember like growing up with in school or having in the school library right i mean to kill a mockingbird is on that was list. that has always been like correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure that's been on like every school curriculum ever for like every middle school unless it's banned in that school because it is banned in some schools. that's so crazy yeah i agree i totally (sighs) agree um the school board of mcminn county tennessee just banned mouse which, have you ever read Mouse? It's a... I'm um, picturing the cover, and I can't right. remember if I've read it or not. It's an iconic cover. You'd pro- you'd know it if you saw it. Yeah. Um, but it's a Pulitzer Prize-winning graphic memoir about mm. the Holocaust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's, I've, I've never read the whole thing, but I remember looking at it at a Barnes & Noble and, like, paging through it and reading pieces of it, but I haven't actually sat down and read the whole right. thing. So this one got a lot of attention because yeah. it's, like... It, it very much feels like you are trying to censor the events of the Holocaust. Yes. And they came out and they said, no, we're not trying to censor the Holocaust. It's just this specific book um, has depictions of nudity and of mice of mice. <laughs> They're mice. Right. Did they draw boobies on the mice. Like be- because the whole thing is that it's supposed to be mice representing Jewish people and right. cats representing Yeah, it's not there's Nazis. no humans in the actual book that are drawn. Right. And you know, when the mice are stripped of their clothing, it's because that's what, what happened, happened. Right. So like it does And would that not be in and this is the thing. I remember even seeing that one of my and it sounds so weird to say, but one of my favorite movies growing up was the I want to say it was like an ABC miniseries of the Diary of Anne Frank mm-hmm. that came out. Oh my God, it was so impeccably made. I recorded it on my VHS. Is that the one that has been? Yes. What's his name? Yes. Okay. I can't remember. Great. I was about to say Goodman and I'm like, that's not right. But I know who you're talking about. Ben Kingsley. Yes. Ben the guy who played Gandhi. Kingsley. Yes. Yes. And it is so well made. If you haven't watched it, it's on YouTube. Like you've got to see it. It's so, so good. Um, But it was like a made for TV miniseries and there was nudity in it and things like that. We watched that movie in my Catholic middle school, my like uber Catholic middle school. But I remember having to, during the nudity parts, we had our like school patrol flags and we held them over the TV so you couldn't see it. But my point being, Besides showing graphic nudity to children, we saw everything that happened that was part of our school curriculum. The Diary of Anne Frank as a book, To Kill a Mockingbird, all of those things are part of like our history and they're so important to be told. Right. Listen, I am reading Toni Morrison's Beloved for the Mm. first time and uh, her book, The Bluest Eye, is on these lists, are on these lists to be blacklisted essentially. And I haven't read The Bluest Eye. I am reading Beloved. And I will say, yeah, like the the recollections of slavery in this book and some of the things that are discussed in this book are 
horrifying because like they're, they're true shocking because they're true right and it's and it's upsetting it and is upsetting the, but like that's the point i was just gonna say is that not the point so that i mean i can't say it enough and it's so freaking obvious but like we learn history so that we do not repeat the same mistakes that we've made in the past right you're not doing a service to children no. by shielding them from the truth you're not preparing them for our world no we're indoctrinating our children with this weird like fame hungry (laughs) like aspire to be trump-esque type world or at least that's how i see it when you're banning such historical books as those like what are you teaching your children to grow up to be well i mean you're also you're just what you're doing is you're kind of like putting this mentality into children or into people that they don't have to face anything that makes them feel uncomfortable ever. Right. Because like that's what a lot of this is. Like there was a mom in Katy, Texas, which is a Houston suburb, who asked the district to remove a children's biography of Michelle Obama, arguing that it promotes, quote, reverse racism against white people. Hmm. why like I want you to articulate that point to me that it makes you uncomfortable and like why does it make you uncomfortable it is a book that's talking about a representation of a black woman right so what about that makes you as a white person feel like you are being attacked or offended I want you to put it into words or show me where in this book you see the story of Michelle Obama have anything to do with being negative toward white people right So we're seeing a lot of this all over the place. In York, Maine, they're pulling sex ed books from middle school, which, of course, we know is going to end disastrously. And like I said, Texas is seeing possibly the largest statewide censorship campaign in a generation as nearly 100 school districts across the state have pulled hundreds of titles, nearly all of them dealing with race, sexuality and gender in an attempt to ban them from the libraries. And as an ABC News article pointed out, this is really devastating for some students. There was one student who self-identifies as queer. And when she was interviewed, she said that the books in the school library have been her safe haven as she struggled with her identity. She can't bring the books home because her parents have very conservative beliefs Uh and they've made disparaging remarks about homosexuality in the past. And so she doesn't feel safe or comfortable, but she still needed a way to learn about herself. Uh Right. And it's very disheartening and sad that these people won't be able to see themselves reflected anywhere, not at home, not at school, Uh not in a place where they should be able to feel safe. And so um, it's something that I'm personally feeling very concerned about. There are a lot of books, like I said, on these lists. Some include So You Want to Talk About Race, White Fragility, The Hate You Give, Fun Home, The Handmaid's Tale. And then some others are, like I said, The Bluest Eye, His Dark Materials, Looking for Alaska. So I just want to say- Looking for Alaska? Right? I think it's because it has like suicidal themes- Possibly in yeah, the book, right? Yeah. So do all of, all of John Green's books are depressing as fuck, but that's no reason to get rid of them. Right. And again, there are themes that you're going to have to face yeah. at some point. I, to me, the most glaringly obvious, like hypocritical one was The Handmaid's Tale. It's like, of course, right. they're going to get rid of The Handmaid's Tale when like we're slowly moving into that sort of world. Right. Yeah, but I would consider purchasing any of those books um, and also like 
Google, see what other books are on that list. Because like I said, the, the list is now hundreds and hundreds of, of books long. Uh, so check those out and consider purchasing them for the young people in your life as gifts, making sure that people have access to these books uh, if they're not exposed to them in school. And also, if you want to learn about how you can fight book bans in your area, Pen America, which is a literature and human rights organization seeking to protect free expression in the United States has created a handy tip sheet for steps that you can take. And I will link that in the show notes for you to check out. Thank you. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I want to talk about something that I originally read and thought was an Onion article, but it turns out it isn't. Always fun. Always very fun. Isn't the world just like an Onion article that turns out isn't an Onion article? It's very upsetting the number of times I've looked at something and been like, is that it? Reductress, like it's that, like a satire headline. No, no, like, oh no, no, it's no, not. Okay, this great. Is, this is real. Uh, so, does anybody? I, I was just gonna say, does anybody listen, watch The Masked Singer? Like, I have an audience oh, no. to respond to me. You know where I'm going with this. So, <laughs> I'm sorry if, like, anybody here, if you're like a really big gung ho Masked Singer fan and you don't want to be spoiled on what is to come because this has yet to air. If they're a big fan though, I'm sure they've heard about this already. I mean, this great point. Been... This is like fucking everywhere. So what am I saying? Anyways, forget about the spoilers. Rudy Giuliani was on The Masked Singer. So during taping for an upcoming episode of The Masked Singer, it was revealed that one of the singers was in fact Rudy Giuliani beneath the disguise. Who made that call? Like who 
Dude, decided that was a good idea. I don't know. I don't know. And that's a question that is asked at one point in my notes as well. Um, but when he was revealed, judges Ken Jeong and Robin Thicke, boo, walked off stage. Judges Jenny McCarthy and Nicole Scherzinger stayed on stage and bantered with Giuliani for a bit. Ooh. And, yeah, right? I mean... Jenny, Jenny McCarthy, McCarthy makes that's sense. Not like surprising. Yeah. Although I was like Googling her a little bit when I was taking my notes on this. And she was reporting that when she was on The View, she was being told to like act more Republican or something. I don't know. But I know that she's anti-vax. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but speaking of, I read an article where they talked about the women on The View discussing this exact thing. And I feel like they brought up some interesting topics. I mean, I don't think I ever would have thought I would be quoting The View on this show, but they do bring up some good points. So, Sunny, I've never watched it recently. Is it Sunny Hostin or Hostin? I don't know. One of the Is hosts, she I would assume. the lawyer? I'm pretty sure she's a lawyer. I have no idea, Keegan. I literally haven't watched The View in, I think, 20 years. I don't think I've ever watched a full episode of The View in my life. You told me that it was, like, on, though, when you worked for ABC. It would be, like, on in the TVs and stuff. And you would, like, catch bits of it. Yeah. My mom would watch it. So I would see it growing up and things like that. Or it would be on in the background. But I wouldn't ever really, like, sit and watch it. I I think that Sunny is a lawyer, like, and I think that she is fairly liberal. Like, I think that they brought her on okay, to be like but that. but she is a host. Yeah. Okay. So she says, we get to sit next to people we disagree with all the time, but this just feels different to me. Rudy Giuliani, who basically led an insurrection against our country and our democracy, is in some kind of bear suit freaking singing. I would have a problem. When host Sarah Haynes asked who told Rudy this would be a good idea, Tara Setmeyer replied, he doesn't have advice... <laughs> He doesn't have advisors anymore because most of them have been indicted and convicted because of their ties to Ukraine and being a Russian agent. Ooh. I mean, this feels very Hunger Games capital dystopian to me. And it's weird. I, it's like, why are we trying to clean up Rudy Giuliani's image? Well, and I don't I don't need to see a politician, specifically a traitor a traitorous politician yeah i don't need to see him entertaining me in no. that way like at all like i just don't understand why that's something why they that thought we it would want be a good idea anyway like it's it's one thing well, they to brought- hear t-pain <laughs> sing in a you know giant like bumblebee costume wouldn't or whatever. that be really obvious wouldn't you guess that it's t-pain immediately no because he can really sing and t-pain oh, he was, doesn't use his auto tune no oh. yeah and so he that, that's i knew that because he won the mass singer like a, a few years oh, ago really? and people were shocked i literally know nothing yeah. about this show. so but that's one thing, right? But I, I did understand. hear that they also had Sarah Palin on in the past and people were really upset about it. So you'd think that after you've had like one incident as such or people were kind of like, boo, that you would maybe think twice about having someone like Rudy Giuliani on your show, especially when we are still dealing with the effects of the insurrection so much. Like this isn't the time and it's so inappropriate right, to have still someone like him charges. on there. Yes. Like it, it's... Uh, it's a really 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 bad look it's a really bad look i thought it was i like i said i couldn't even believe what i was reading i'm like he was on the masked singer 
And I mean, the story of Rudy Giuliani as a whole and his rise and fall is so bizarre. And one of the hosts even says, Rudy Giuliani is a disgrace. It's a shame. You went from being America's mayor to having a bad hair dye job, sweating in public, to this joke being an unmasked singer. He helped incite the January 6th insurrection. He was one of the biggest purveyors of the lie about the fraudulent election. And continues to be. Like, it's not as though this is something that is in his past. Yeah, and they're saying, like, being at the epicenter of an insurrection in the United States should not be rewarded on a show like that. And I agree. Yeah, it's truly wild. The only thing I can ever think whenever decisions like this are made is that they thought it would be good for ratings because here we are talking about it. Ratings you know, but and maybe also like viewership. Is it is it a Fox show? I don't know. I don't know what network it's on. It sounds like a Fox show. I want to say it's a Fox show, which would make a lot of sense for me. I feel like it would be Fox or ABC and I feel like it's not ABC because then I would see commercials for it during The Bachelor. It's not ABC. I know that. Uh, yeah, so I have a feeling it's Fox and that would make sense because they're, I mean, obviously they're they're Fox. They're affiliated with Fox News. I can see where maybe is, there would be people in there that would still... Fox is generally considered to be Fox the Network, not Fox right, not the News. news yeah. But Fox the Network is generally considered to be one of the more liberal like network weird television yeah uh conglomerates like abc is considered to be very like family friendly conservative in general yeah you know so whenever they had sean what's his name sean spicer on dancing with the stars yeah that to me was like yeah that makes sense like they have a very conservative conservative audience yeah okay because yeah i was wondering if maybe there was like some crossover with the fox situations that would make him I mean, I do think it's all under the same umbrella, but they yeah. have very different brands. It's strange. It is strange. I would love to have been a fly on the wall in that pitch meeting where it's like, okay, guys, we've got the cast. Okay, well, we've got the cast for this season's Unmasked Singer. I'd like to say that I would be surprised that Rudy Giuliani would agree to that, but he is so completely like, have we out seen where this mind? man has gone? Yeah, exactly. Like, this is not a person I think that has much uh, integrity left. I don't think he has any dignity left. He I think have it's just either like, of those things. It's, you know, you've hit, you've hit bottom. Rudy. When it looks like you're having diarrhea pouring off your forehead, there's really nowhere else to go from there. Yeah, nowhere to go but down. Yeah, yeah you've been drunk on TV how many times? He butt dialed somebody that one time. Remember that? Yes. Like, uh, yeah. So, I mean, Just Rudy, a wow. mess. <laughs> Rudy, what a mess. So I did want to talk about this, and that is, and this has brought me so much joy. Oh, good. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> that artists have been pulling their content from Spotify yeah. in protest of anti-vaccine and inaccurate claims about COVID-19 uh, that have been made by Joe Rogan on his podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience, which Spotify owns the rights to. So right. I do want to say we got a message a while back from someone asking us to do an entire episode on Joe Rogan and the Joe Rogan experience and why it's so toxic and so problematic. Uh I think that that's a very good idea because this podcast has incredible reach. I I mean, it like was the first podcast I think to sell for like a hundred million dollars, which it did to Spotify. It has a huge reach. A lot of men, particularly young men, so many listen to this show and 
even though Joe Rogan has said rightfully many times that he's an idiot and he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like he, he doesn't still know talks like he knows what he's talking about and talks to his listeners like they should listen to him. Right. And he's he has this massive, massive, massive platform. Yeah, it's really unreal. And he is bringing on people who are speaking with authority. And he's like, well, I'm just having conversations with them. And I'm like, okay, but you're giving them a voice. They are speaking with authority to all of these people. And yeah. it's dangerous. And it's making people sick. So Neil Young kicked things off last week when he said that he wanted all of his music removed because the platform is spreading fake information about vaccines, potentially causing death to those who believe this disinformation that's spread by them. And he said they can have Rogan or Young, not both. Yeah, he did. This prompted Joni Mitchell to do the same, saying, mm-hmm. quote, irresponsible people are spreading lies that are costing people their lives. I stand in solidarity with Neil Young and the global scientific and medical communities on this issue. Then India Ari made a statement saying that she finds Joe Rogan, uh, Joe Rogan problematic for reasons other than his COVID interviews, saying, quote, for me, it's also his language around race. She went on to say that Spotify pays musicians a fraction of a penny while Rogan is paid 100 million for his mm-hmm. podcast, an amount that was reported by the Wall Street Journal in 2020. Crosby, Stills and Nash will also be leaving the platform and they had worked with um, Neil Young previously. Yeah. Joe Rogan did respond saying he's, quote, not trying to promote misinformation and that he never tried to do anything with this podcast other than just talk to people and have interesting conversations. Because I'm just a big dummy and I don't know anything. You can't get mad at me. Right. Blah, 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 blah. Then why do you keep making the same yeah. apology? Because he knows what over. he's doing, but he's pretending that he doesn't know what he's doing. And even if you didn't, even if you're that dense, your yeah. intentions don't matter. No. The outcomes matter. Yes. Um, Spotify has said that it will start adding a content advisory warning to any podcast that includes a discussion about COVID-19. That'll fix it. That'll solve the problem. So are they going to go through every single one of our past episodes where we've discussed COVID Uh, and give a content warning in the beginning of like this episode? Very good question. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I have a big issue and we're not going to go into all of it right now. But, you know, Madigan and I, we've discussed this off mic. But like I have a big issue with the gentrification of podcasting in general. I mean, my God, have we not seen an unbelievable example of that this week? Talk about podcasts selling their souls for $100 million. Yeah, I mean, and that's what's happening. And it's making it very difficult for independent podcasts to be successful when you have basically every major podcast or a podcast with a a large audience being sold to one of maybe five companies. Yeah. So it's... And it's also like, I feel like with a lot of shows and I'm I'm talking about one in particular, I feel like there's a lot of moral hypocrisy that goes into selling your show to something like Amazon, let's say. (laughs) Just maybe randomly, for example. For example, if we were to talk about Let's just say there's a show. <laughs> Let's say there's a really, really, really popular podcast that I haven't listened to for years because I was already mad at them. I'm now I'm even more mad at them. Let's just say there's a really popular true crime podcast out there. OK, they did great things, <laughs> but they sold their soul to the devil, that, a.k.a. That's, Amazon. That's exactly right. Madigan. For a hundred million dollars. And so, OK, 
<laughs> I did not even mean to talk about this, but I have to bring it up now that it popped into my head. Max and I were talking about this earlier and he was like, so you mean to tell me if Jeff Bezos were to offer you and Keegan a hundred million dollars right now? I was like, I wouldn't take it. He's like, I would have to call Keegan. We'd have to have lunch. He's like, a hundred million dollars. Like that's life changing. And I'm like, it would be blood money. Well, okay. Here's, here's the thing. And again, was not intending to talk about this today. No, but the, but we're not. But we're not talking. We're, here's here's the thing because I also had this conversation to bring it back around to Spotify. Right. Yes. I know a lot of musicians who are on Spotify because we are living in late stage capitalism. We are yeah. just we are people who exist in late stage capitalism who are trying to make it in this within this system in any way that we possibly can. We have to survive within the system that we're in, right? Yeah. Like, so I know a lot of musicians who are on Spotify. I would never say to them, take your stuff off of Spotify because for them, it is so vitally instrumental for us. I mean, we're on Spotify. Totally. Right? So well, because we, we aren't a, uh, a Neil Young or a Joe exactly. Rogan or anything like right. that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not Neil Young. Neil Young doesn't need to be on Spotify. No. The podcast that you are talking about did not need to make a $100 million deal. They were already making millions of dollars. And Do you I know get I mean? that it's different than it's different than yes. an everyday person being offered the chance to have a better life. 100%. Right? It's not the same thing. But I mean, I get and, and this is the thing with capitalism and money that sucks so much because the offer of that kind of money, I mean, you're set for life. Your family is set for life. You're starting. I mean, money can get you so much in this world. And I understand the lure of that. Like, I get it. But like, I morally could never make a deal with someone like Jeff Bezos or make a deal with a company that condones morals and beliefs that I think are so unbelievably damaging. Well, and that you've actively spoken out against. And yes. again, it oh is, my gosh, the hypocrisy it is, is different unbelievable. for an everyday person. I'm not trying to be high and mighty in any way. Like it is different for an everyday person who's just trying to survive in late stage capitalism yes. to utilize something like Amazon. Oh, we're talking it's, about people that already have. Right. It's it's not it's not it, it, it's a false equivalency to say that like well you can't say anything because you order something from Amazon, right? Like right. It's, it's a complete like it's a false equivalency to make those kinds of comparisons. You're not signing a contract with Jeff Bezos when you're ordering your razor blades from Amazon Prime. Right. A little different. You know. So, I mean, it's you're not signing over your life's work. Let your me just baby. tell you, listeners, it's an interesting time to be an independent podcast. It is a very interesting time. It's a very scary time. Uh, I'm still having fun. Oh, we're having a great time. But I mean, <laughs> as, as far as like trying to actually be successful, right? It's very difficult because uh -huh. everything has been so gentrified by you know celebrities entering the podcast space and then all of these companies kind of buying all the independent podcasting networks that exist. Right. Uh, it's quite difficult. So with that said, if you would like to support an independent podcast, we have some new merch coming out on Monday. <laughs> yes, we were going to mention it at the top, right? and we definitely forgot. <laughs> uh, that we design ourselves. Yes. And if you would like to support us, please check out our merch store, leave us a review. There's also lots of ways that you can support independent podcasts that don't cost anything, right? Like yeah. tell your friends, share our episodes, follow us on social media, all of those things. Yeah, exactly. And for those of you who do so, we very much appreciate it. So thank you. And look around for other independent podcasts that you might be interested in if you haven't already. 
All right. So Keegan already mentioned the fact that we are going to be having new merch. So get excited for it. Um, Black. It's Black History Month. It is. Yes. Okay. Yes. To be specific, it's going to be Black History Month merch. Um, I'm kind of like getting that iPad out and doing lots of doodles lately because we're going to have Black History Month. We're going to have Women's History Month. We're going to have Gay Pride Month. It's going to be it's going to be nuts. So hopefully lots of new fun merch. And as always, lots of new fun episodes and topics that we're going to be discussing. Um, I just realized that we have kind of pushed into February for our anniversary episode, but we are still going to be celebrating Black History Month on the show. As always, um, if there are any topics that you would like for us to discuss on the news episodes or on the regular full-length episodes, please go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page or chat with the other listeners on the group page. And like Keegan mentioned before, but another quick reminder, if you haven't done so already, the best way you can support us is by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So if you haven't done so already, we would greatly appreciate it. All right, that's all we have for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Hey, I'm Jillian Clare, the host of the podcast, Thanks for Coming In. I've accumulated some pretty crazy audition stories over the past 20 years, and so have my friends. And I was like, you know what? No, not going to do this. And then Disney calls and is like, we need you to come test for the Ant-Man movies. I didn't know if my scene was going to get cut or not. Ooh, I could play that. Tune in every Thursday to hear your favorite actors tell the funniest, saddest, and most cringeworthy audition stories. Sometimes even the one that got away. Thanks for Coming In is available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.